0: In the book of Zechariah, now that is one of the minor prophets and if you open to if you open to Matthew, just go three books behind Malachi and uh, and uh, two books behind Zechariah and Malachi are the last two books of the Old testament so that 's why if you hit Matthew and go backwards you 'll get it because uh, you know you can no longer say page so and so when there are 15 versions of bibles right here hallelujah i see we have some other company from florida nice to have you here marlene's mother is sharing this uh, morning with us god would you stand i want the church to see you god bless you all right nice to have you people that go and settle in florida come back looking so pretty joe maybe we ought to go settle in florida huh you look beautiful, my dear. Okay. And in the book of Zechariah, would you open to the fourth chapter with me? These are words that you've heard so many, many, many times. And uh, sometimes we don't even know. In other words, we know the verse, but we don't even know the, the, the whereabouts. In other words, what originated this scripture? It's, uh, it's the key verse of... Uh, one of the Christian periodicals uh, called the Pentecostal Evangel, and, and this is their key verse. In the fourth chapter, and the sixth verse says, And then he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Now that's a scripture you have heard time and time again, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And then it goes on and it says, and uh, what are you, O great mountains? Before Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. Okay, and then it goes on, and, you, and, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Now, I have the American Standard Version. You have, some may have a living Bible, some may have, but let me tell you what the idea of this is. We are back in Nehemiah's time, and I'm going to bring it into the New Testament, but I want you to see that God is God, and he doesn't change. His, his message, his form of dealing with human beings, with us, with his creation has always been the same. In other words, God didn't love us more after Jesus. He loved us ever since he made us. The only thing is that Jesus is the full manifestation of that love for God so loved the world. Now he always loved the world, but he so loved it and he proved it sending his son But when you go into the Old Testament and you watch God's dealing with the people of Israel, and let me tell you something. If you are to be true Christians, if you are to be grounded Christians, if you are to be faithful Christians, if you are to be people of the word, you've got to realize that our Bible is one book. We're not New Testament Christians. We are not that. We are Bible Christians. Because the Revelation starts in Genesis... And it terminates, it finishes in in the book of Revelation. And it's not that it's finished, because half the book of Revelation isn't finished yet, as far as the prophetic uh, fulfillment of it. I say this only because uh, the apostles were very, very careful to let us know the full content of God's word. In other words, what is it God has been saying? In the past, it wasn't as clear. And you've got to realize that every time Jesus defeated Satan, he defeated him with, it is written. And that was Old Testament. We didn't have a New Testament then. So it was the Bible, the Old Testament, that served as, as his a form of KO to all the machinations of the enemy. I say that because sometimes in our euphoria and in our Christianity and in our love for God, uh, we say, oh, no, no, listen, we start at Matthew. That's where we start. No, we don't start at Matthew. Matthew is the fulfillment of every page from Genesis to Malachi. Okay, so I want you to be grounded in the word. I want you to be powerful in the word. I don't want anybody to come along. And I, and I mean that. Sometimes uh, you invite somebody and you don't even know where they come from. or You don't even know, you know, their total thinking. But when a church is grounded, when a church is secure, when a church is into the word, hey, a light goes on. As soon as something wrong is said, a light goes on. Say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not too sure of that. No, you don't. No, I'm, I'm not saying sit there and, and get your guns ready anytime. time somebody opens their mouth. That's not what I'm saying. Because let me tell you, the checking power is the Holy Spirit. You're not the checking power. It's the Holy Spirit that's the checking power. And he is there for us. And I love the Lord this morning simply because his complete revelation is so important to us. Uh, now, uh, where does Zachariah come in? This is important. Where does Zachariah come in? If I could put a chart but I don't have a chart, uh, the, the, the post-captivity time. Now, there's only one prophet in pre-captivity and post-captivity. Uh, well, there are two, but one major prophet, and that's Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah is the only prophet that prophesies the doom and the captivity, lived through it, and then prophesies the restoration. Okay, now you'll understand why Jeremiah, why God took such time to speak powerful things to Jeremiah. What were the powerful things that Jeremiah learned? Uh, number one, that God is the great uh, uh, alfarero, the great potter. He's the great potter and gave the explanation of how a, 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 a vessel was broken in the potter's hands. That was Israel. But then he says, can I, and, he, and God sent Jeremiah to the potter's house, maybe at the break of dawn, 4.30 in the morning. And Jeremiah got so taken up with the potter's house, and he says, wow, wow, wow. Only because it must be fascinating to watch a potter work on his wheel, on his fire, bake his, uh, his, his vessel, make it ready for market. And then God speaks to Jeremiah, can I not do that with Israel? And I love that when I think of us. God can do the same thing with us. So the messages are so powerful. They're so great. It was to Jeremiah who Jeremiah says to God, Oh, God, turn this head of mine into a waterfalls and turn my eyes into just that that I might cry the sin of your people. That's why you hear of Jeremiah and he is the crying prophet. He is the crying prophet because God showed him as clear as day what was going to happen. Nobody listened to him. They tell him to shut up. They locked him in cisterns, they threw him in holes, and it was horrible. And he knew it was going to happen, and it did happen. But thank God that Jeremiah is also the man of lamentations. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. Oh God, we should have been consumed, but by thy faithfulness we have not been consumed. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. So, folks, we're talking about a God that's always been the same. When it comes to His mercy, when it comes to His grace, when it comes to His love, and this is what He's saying here. Now, in in the historical part, is that uh, Zechariah is the prophet for the post captivity time. All right. Now, if you put all these books together in the order in which you could read them. You'd have to get the book of Ezra. You'd have to get the book of Nehemiah. You'd have to pull out the book of Esther, put it forward, and then you'd have to grab Zachariah and put him in there. Then you'd have to take Jeremiah, and then you'd have the whole thing. Okay, the whole picture. But that's not the way it was given to us, and that's not the way the scrolls were found, but that is the chronological order. But let's go into the lesson, the beautiful lesson. In chapter 1 of the book of Zechariah, and in the 5 and 6 verse, it says, Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But did not my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your fathers? Then they repented and said, As the Lord of hosts proposes to do to us in accordance with our ways and our deeds, so has, so he has dealt with us. Now I establish this in some of your versions. It uses this language. And the word of the Lord endureth. And the word of the Lord endureth. Because that's what this verse means. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the great truth That God does what he says. You know, we are great for wishy-washy. Anybody know what wishy-washy is? Okay. It's neither here nor there. All right? Wishy-washy. What does that mean? Depends upon the weather. Depends upon the mood. Depends upon how we feel. Okay? Now, the established truth of the message of Zechariah is number one. The Word of the Lord is what endures. You don't endure. I don't endure. Our fathers don't endure. Our grandfathers don't endure. Our nations don't endure. Our leadership doesn't endure. But the Word of God endures forever. You see, that's why the trust has got to be on the Word. That's why we can't be people of leaders, quote. We've got to be people of the Lord. And then the Lord teaches us the submissions The Lord teaches us the love for leadership. The Lord teaches us the importance of good leadership and prayer for good leadership. But where we're founded? On the Lord. On the Lord. On the Lord. That's got to be our foundation. And this is what Zechariah is saying. Because you've got to realize that so went the kings, so went the nation. Go through the history of Israel. As the kings went, so the nation went. And so that's why it's important to look to God and to pray that God give us solid leadership. Hallelujah, it's so very important to, to understand that. Why? Because it's the word of Lord, uh, the word of the Lord that endures. What He does, He does what He says. He said to Israel, "If you obey me, there's nothing I won't do for you. If you obey me, I'll teach you how to win your battles. If you obey me, the enemy will not overtake you." If you obey me, you will be the apple of my eye. If you obey me, I'll be there for you. If you obey me. Okay, now that's it. But then turn the coin around, folks. That's what's wrong with the promise boxes. No one turns them around. And what does it say? But if you fail me and worship idols and go their way, and you say, oh, thank God, we don't have idols today. Yes, we do. Idols of power, idols of money, okay? Idols of anything that's closer to your heart than God can be an idol. That's why in life we've got to learn to hold things loosely, carefully but loosely. Because anything that grabs you and then grabs your heart, it's over. It's over. You lose sound judgment. It's true. That's why I think it's so hard for the, for the, for the courts today. You know, when I think of a jury that sits there and has to listen, I say, oh my God, how difficult. How very difficult. And we just have to pray that, you know, there be some type of discernment because it is very difficult to be able to stay open, be objective, and almost ask God to give you a conclusion that is correct, okay? Now, he does what he says, but he also... That is also applied negative and positive. God said, if you follow the idols, and I mention that in the movie, we have idols today. It's interesting because we often think of Jacob and his idol of Benjamin. Okay, he had lost Joseph, so he made his little Benjamin his idol. In other words, nothing's going to happen to Benjamin. Whatever happened to Joseph, the wolf ate him in the woods. Uh, uh, they brought back the, the coat which was bloodied, which was a lie. The brothers had sold him to Egypt, uh, but the, the father decided that no, 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 nothing will be, nothing will take this child away from me. And Benjamin, Benjamin became the light of his eyes, I suppose, you were talking about an old man. But hey, in our life there are also Benjamins, there are also Benjamins. There can be a child that does to you what you no know, other child does. And we have to ask the Lord to help us in that sense. Now God said to Israel, if you obey me I'll be with you, okay? Now, if you don't, I will scatter you to the farthest ends of the earth. Has there ever been a nation that's gone farther than the Jews? You can go to the North Pole and find a Jew. You can go to the South Pole and find one. You can go to, the, to Siberia and you can go to the jungles of Africa. You will find them. You will find them. But let me give you another promise. If wherever you're taken to the farthest ends of the earth, you repent and call upon me, I will then gather you up from the farthest ends of the earth. And I think that's what makes so powerful that music of the exodus uh, and the gigantic boat uh, and the picking up of people all over Eastern Europe and all over the Atlantic uh, and traveling and traveling back to Israel. And naturally, we're talking about uh, uh, more than 30, 35 years ago. Uh, But once again, God's word, you see, that's what endures. That's what endures. If you seek me. From the farthest ends of the earth I will bring you. Blessed be the name of the Lord, okay? So the Lord, word of the Lord endureth forever, and that's in that first chapter of Zechariah. He does what he says, but he also forgives the repentant. Now remember that. Remember that, folks, because that's God's pattern. He forgives the repentant. Now the next interesting ministry portrayed in the ministry of the prophet Zechariah Is in Zechariah 1, but try 14 and 15, the verses. And it says, So the angel who was speaking with me said to me, Proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, but I am very angry with the nations who are at ease, for while I was only a little angry, they furthered the disaster. Okay, here we go. His mercy and his faithfulness, god's mercy and faithfulness is operational at all times when a repentant man calls and obeys him in other words god is always in the business of succoring, of coming to the aid of man you know there are people that we look upon and we say the following uh that what they did is so bad uh, especially if you've worked in corrections, our, our famous saying, ugly as it is, you know, lock, it, lock them up and throw away the key. And that's the feeling because you read a report and you see that this person has taken two or three lives. And you see uh, the, the, the whole explanation of everything that's given, whether the, whether the sentences are, are staggered or concurrent or what, whatever the thing is on the chart. There comes a moment where you get so hard. There comes a moment where you almost think that you're God. And so uh, we just say, you know, lock him up and throw away the key. But I've got something that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. That's not, God. that's not God's heart. God is eternally waiting for man to repent. And that's all he has to do is repent. And here we have in the book of Zechariah, God speaking. And he says, and it's beautiful because it's an angel. And he says, and so the angel who was speaking with me said to me, proclaim this. I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion. Now, in the living version, it's so beautiful. Because it says in the living ver- version, I am like a jealous husband. That, that's so clear. That is so clear. In other words, I'm like a jealous husband. I, 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 I love my wife. And uh, the explanation is simply uh, very clarifying. In other words, always remember that whenever God refers to, and listen to me, whenever God refers to sex, whenever God refers to uh, uh, the human body, whenever God refers to human actions and love and marriage, uh, I, I want you to know God is spirit, all right? But in order to communicate to us, he communicates in the language that we understand. And everybody in the whole wide world knows what a jealous husband is all about. And he puts himself in that category only to say to us, I want you to understand how much I care. Oh, I love that about the Lord. I love that about his word. I love that about his dealing with men. God never keeps us at arm's length. God draws us close, 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 and then tells us how much he loves us. Oh, praise his name. We love him this day, and I do too. Now, what makes an operation of mercy and faithfulness. What makes an operation inoperational or unoperational? This is it. I'll share it with you. God's hands are tied by two things. One is disbelief and the other is disobedience. Unbelief, better said. Unbelief and disobedience are two things that tie God's hands up. If you don't believe, there's nothing God can do for you you see this book the whole book 66 books 40 authors has nothing for you because in order for god to have something for you you got to believe you gotta believe okay we've got to believe we've got to believe and then the second thing is you may believe but you're disobedient that nullifies whatever you're believing you say, Sister Amy, wait, wait wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it possible to, to believe and be disobedient? Ay bendito. How many confess? Oh, sweet Jesus, help us. Help us. You know, that's almost the cry of the man that says, Yes, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. What does that mean? It means one day he believes and the other day he doesn't. So he's saying, For the day that he does believe, I do believe. And for the four days he doesn't believe, help my unbelief. And that, ha- that has to do with us. Oh, folks, I got news for you. I used to think it only had to do with temperament. It has to do with a lot. It has to do with blood pressure. It has to do with sugar. It has to do with, with a lot of things that have a lot to do with the human body. I, I'm, de- I'm dead serious. That's why faith rises above the body. Faith rises above the temperament. Faith rises above. Faith, faith learns the lesson Faith learns the lesson of sometimes uh, having to keep things to yourself that will cause danger to others. You know, some people think that because they tell the truth, they have to tell it all. No way. No way, folks. No way. There's truth that nobody's waiting to hear. So do me a favor and don't share it. Yeah, especially if truth is... is, 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 is 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 something that's gonna hurt and tear apart. I'm not saying lie, don't ever. I'm not saying that. But I think in the many times in my life where I would have done so much better if I just walked away. Just walked away. But somehow there's something in us that says, well, it's my opinion and I gotta give it. You know, my opinion is very important. No, it's not. Okay. Now, let's go on to his mercy. God's heart is revealed how in just this lesson of being the husband what does he reveal first of all that he cares and second that he is filled with mercy oh I love that God doesn't give mercy drops he is filled with mercy you know what that means you know what that means all you want filled with mercy and I love that. Okay, Zechariah 4, please. And in Zechariah 4, 1 to 7, we have exactly the scripture that we read and then the angel. I want to tell you something, folks. Zechariah is a tremendous prophet of eschatology. Don't be afraid of the word. It simply means a prophet, a prophet of the latter days. Uh, during the days of uh, the tribulation, Things will appear on earth. Uh, There will be two olive branches that appear. There will be people that come to proclaim uh, truth in Jerusalem. And this is the prophet of of those prophecies. In other words, Zechariah is used by God in a double reference prophecy. So much for Israel in that day, but for Israel in the future. And it's a beautiful, it's a tremendous ministry, a tremendous prophetic ministry. Okay, now, let me share this with you. And, and it says, uh, and then the angel who was speaking to me, with me, returned and roused me as a man who was awakened from a deep sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? And I said, I, I, see, I behold a lamp stand, or a stand, stand all of gold, uh, with its bowl on the top of it. And it's seven lamps, uh, on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps which are on the top of it. Okay. Also two olive trees by it, one by the right side of the bowl and the other on its left side. Then I answered and said to the angel who was speaking uh, with me saying, what are these my Lord? And so the angel who was speaking with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no my Lord. And then he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become as a plain. You will bring forth, forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Now here comes the tremendous truth. You are talking about people that have come back from captivity. You are talking about elders that were never taken to captivity. Are you hearing me? In other words, you're talking about a span of 70 years. uh, And you are talking about a span where whoever was 35 is now 70. Whoever was born is now 35. You understand? In other words, you've got different age brackets in there. You have different people. And then you also have some that went, uh, had died, uh, in, in the land of Babylon and, in, and in, under the power of the Persians. But now the captivity is coming back. The Persians are kinder uh, than the Babylonians were. And they're sending them back. And we're talking about a land of people coming back from captivity. What describes their condition? They're beaten. They're tired. They're weary. They're few. And they have no strength. Now God says you're going to build the walls And after that you're going to build the temple And these poor people look up I mean you know it's, 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 it's like people coming back from war And they're looking up And somebody's going to say You're going to build And you're going to do this And you're going to do that And they say uh, I mean where And this is where God says You are few And you are weak My God What a description Few and weak Few and weak. What do you do with a few? And with the few that you have, they're weak. What do you do? You hear the word of the Lord. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's never been into numbers, folks. Never. And one of the major sins of David was when he started to count and you know what happened plague came upon the land he's not he's not into numbers